What's up, guys? Welcome to Coffee and Friends Podcast with your host, Juan Loves Coffee, where he sits down and talks to some of the people that have influenced him along the way, from friends, colleagues, coffee professionals, and everything in between, where he discusses various topics, some serious, funny, important movements in our community, and of course, coffee. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Coffee and Friends. You can watch on YouTube or listen on your favorite podcast app. We're here in beautiful Venice, California today, and I just got off bar with this wonderful person, which is uh, Leslie. How are you doing today, Leslie? Um, I'm doing all right. How are you? Yeah. We had a really good shift today. I can't, you know, yeah, it was pretty good. It was really good. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Um, so I'm happy I got the opportunity to sit down with you after work and get to know you a little bit better, a little bit more, you know? Same. Yeah, that's awesome. Would you like to introduce yourself? Um, well, my name is Leslie Chrisman. And I, that's Leslie with two E's, L-E-S-L-E-E, um, which is a unique thing if people don't know. Anyway, um, and I'm from Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. That's yeah. where you were born and raised. Born and raised. Nice. Suburb of Denver, yeah. Awesome. How was your childhood? <laughs> Deep questions really quick. Well, um, I mean, it was good. growing up, how was, how was growing up in Denver? Oh, no, it was good. It was really nice. Um I, my parents divorced when I was really young, so I, um, all for the best, like I never had an issue with it. Um, but it was nice. Like I'd hang out with my mom during the week while she was working. Um, and then my dad and I would go skiing and stuff in the mountains and yeah, nice. pretty, pretty good childhood. <laughs> what is one of your earliest memories? One of my earliest memories. Well, they're usually all painful right the things you remember like from when you're young well, I, mean, I guess painful. it depends whether you know you want to retain the painful memory well, no, no no like you just remember like things that painful things that happened to you or like really good things obviously um but when i was younger i think one of my first memories is my dad would use this is so not interesting but my dad would use um he has contacts so he would put like contact solution in his eyes or whatever you do so i really wanted to do that and so i climbed up on the countertop and i took the contact solution and like sprayed it in my (laughs) eyes um and it burned a lot i don't know i think that's probably i was like in preschool or something oh you see that's what i like to hear you know like you're saying this might not be interesting but i think for the rest of the public that are listening i would definitely like to know those little stories about you and stuff you know yeah it's about getting into your Deep, deep, dark secrets, Leslie. My deep, dark secrets. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, where did you go to school? Um, well, I went to preschool and elementary school in Wheat Ridge at this elementary school called Martinson. Um, and it was just like public school. But then my mom transferred me to um, a Montessori middle school through or elementary through high school. So that, um, it was called Compass Montessori, and I was there um, the whole time. So most of the people I went to school with, um, like graduated with, were the same people I went to elementary school with. Um, And it was really fun, and it was probably the most formative um, experience of my childhood and growing up. Um, 
not only because I still have all my friends from there, and that's how I, I met my boyfriend through friends from there, um, but I also um, just like the system of education of Montessori, which is kind of interesting. In comparison to what you hear about LAUSD? Or? LA, well, no, compared to just um, general public school, it's like a, um, all Montessori can kind of be a little bit different, but it's just, it's a charter school, so they can kind of do their own thing, but they also have to raise part of their own funding. Yeah. I don't know, but it's like very hands-on and you, um, it's really like self-driven, like you can choose what projects you want to work on. Um, and you manage your own time and do your own homework kind of based your own schedule. Uh, um, and there's a whole lot of theory behind Montessori in general, educational theory. Um, but it's really incredible. So I had a super great time there and had a lot of awesome experiences. We had a farm that was cool. Um, and I was lucky because it's, it was a public charter school. So like, it wasn't like crazy tuition. It was, it was like regular school. I just got in on a lottery, um, so it's cool. Amazing. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, and yeah. that's that's considered middle school and high school or I well, so they have Montessori preschool through high school. Um, but I went like fourth grade through twelfth grade. Amazing. Yeah. And my graduating class was like twenty one people. My high school is like ninety people in total. Whoa. And I had four <laughs> teachers for four years and we sat on the ground in circles and talked about things. Wow. I mean, very different to my graduation, you know? You're talking about 300 people <laughs> and a lot of different things. Yeah. So right after uh, Montessori, what was, uh, what was the goal? What was the next step? Um, so I started acting when I was in middle school, probably, and did a bunch of community theater. Um, my school didn't really have a really big theater department, so anything that I didn't do with my friends, um, we were kind of the theater department, but anything else I would go outside of that. So I um, really, that was the only thing I ever wanted to do, besides when I was younger, like wanting to be like a, a veterinarian or a paleontologist or something like that, <laughs> a storm chaser. But um so after high school, I went to film school in Colorado for a semester, um, and it sucked. <laughs> so I dropped out, and then I went to community college for a semester, and then I traveled for a little bit, um, and then I signed with a manager and decided to move out to Los Angeles at 19. Um, I always thought I'd move to New York, but I ended up moving out here. Um, I always kind of regretted that I didn't move to New York, I think, because um, it's more of my speed. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of more more theater up there, right? More, more theater, yeah. But I really wanted to do film. Film was like, I, I went back and forth forever. But of course, theater is where most people start doing acting things. Um, and I just miss it a lot. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, when it comes to acting and film and all that stuff, I mean, you're in L.A., which is Hollywood, so... I think you're in the right place, but, you know, what, what, what is it that your heart desires? Anymore? I don't know. The whole <laughs> world has turned topsy-turvy. The film industry is in, I'm sure, more of a mess than we even can comprehend. Yeah, this 2020 with the pandemic and stuff, I mean, we have no idea how the movies are going to look now, you know, right? Because uh, yeah. the whole physical contact and all these interactions, scenes are going to look a lot different, you know? Yeah, and the, there's just, like... Um, there's less work and the work is going to go to the, 
the famous people, you know what I mean? Um, And theater isn't in a great place right now either. So um, I've just been writing a lot, pretty much. Amazing. It's been the way. What what inspires you every time you write? Mm, um, I hate writing, actually. (laughs) So you're a writer that hates writing? Yeah, Yeah, I feel like most good writers hate writing. I hope that's the way that it is. I am... it's like writing is the physical act of putting down stories. So, I mean, stories are what inspire me. Yeah. So writing is just like the manual labor of recording it. So um, the things that inspire me most, besides watching TV or reading books, um, is just so corny. But humanity, like, I just really love humans and empathizing with them. Um not just like telling a good, like exciting story or whatever, but I really like understanding people and specifically like misunderstood people or um, people from like that have maybe um, just more controversial ideologies or thoughts or like what gets people from how they are as children to be like maybe more dysfunctional or more, um, um, just more challenging. I don't know. That sounds really <laughs> bad. But like murders, like murders fascinate me. I think they fascinate a lot of people. A lot. Um, of people. But I think that um, it's I don't know, just interesting. But being in this industry, I mean, I'm pretty sure you have a lot of people that influence what you're doing as well, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, I I think that. Um, what I've wanted to achieve has changed a lot over time. Um, and part of that definitely has to do with just most of the people in my life have either been um, way older than me or my age. Like I'm not super close with a bunch of people younger than me, but the people my age are like 25 or 30 and they're like kind of solidifying things that they want in their life. So going through those questions and asking what we really want especially in these changing times has been of course a big theme over the past like three or four years just being young and 20 I think um but a lot of the other people I hang out with are like adults they're like 50 or 60 um and it's so relaxing and so fascinating to be around them and they're like still going after their dreams and what they're passionate about and may not have I guess the main way that that's influenced me is that they quit doing like acting or film or theater when they were younger um and then they go back to it later and they have already like done their job they've had their family and they're like this is the one thing I really wanted to do but I don't feel like it's too late I'm gonna go after it anyway so I figure if I don't quit and I just keep going um you'll catch a break you'll catch your break not that I'll catch my break but like I will um, just get to do what I love to do, yeah. um, even if I'm not financially stable. Well, I feel like with everything, right, uh, whether you're on a social media influencer or uh, a barista or now an actress, for me, I feel like exposure is what matters at the end because the more you put your, your stuff out there, the product you create, the more people can notice that stuff. Yeah, and I think that's a new... And it's not a new thing. It's um, not the way I went about it to begin with. And I really think it should have been. And I think that 
in most other art forms, it is that way. Like you will, um, you just to get a job in real in regular non-artistic real life, world. you have to have something to present to an employer. Yeah. You don't just go to your employer and try to convince them that you can do this thing. I'm, my boyfriend is a visual artist. He had to have like a demo reel and a portfolio and all of those things. Um, and I think like as actors, the first thing you try to do is like, oh, I want to be an actor. I've studied for a while. I have a little bit of work, but now I need an agent to get myself work. But I just don't think, first of all, that's really efficient anymore. But also it puts you in a place, a vulnerable place of asking people for things all the time and not um, coming from a powerful place of like, this is something that I have to offer. Yeah. And now you can either like it and we can work together or you can not like it and I can just continue making my things. That's very competitive field you're in. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, in this field, who are the uh, uh, the actors or people you look up to the most? Or you want to pursue something similar to their style? Um. So... Oh, there's so many. Um, probably like actresses wise, um, Kate Blanchett is incredible and yeah. like absolutely astounding. Um, I, Britt Marling, I don't know if you know who she is. She wrote uh, the TV series The OA. She did um, a film called Another Earth and The Sound of My Voice. And she was also just like an actress in Hollywood um, for a while until she just started with her um, writing partner writing and producing their own projects. Um, and what she writes about is like, she writes very intelligent, low science fiction or like grounded sci-fi as people like to say. Um, so I really like absolutely love her as a role model. Um, she's brilliant to talk, to listen to. Like, there's tons of great podcasts and things with her. Um, would definitely recommend. Also, Taika Waititi. Um, he made What We Do in the Shadows. He also directed. Never heard of. Um, he directed Thor Ragnarok. Did he? Yeah, wow. and Jojo Rabbit most recently. Um, he's from New Zealand, but um, he just makes such fun, creative almost childish kind of humor yeah. films. And I absolutely love that. I think everything's like way too dark these days. <laughs> um, and I'm getting more and more frustrated <laughs> with it. Not frustrated, just like every time you pick up like a new comedy or something, it turns out to be something really depressing yeah. <laughs> after a while. But growing up in Denver, did you, after school, did you ever take like acting classes or how did you prepare yourself into getting into this field? Yeah, um, I don't think that I ever prepared myself enough um, and I'm still constantly preparing myself. Um, but I, so I started and did just like community theater and stuff in middle school. Um, I was a part of a friend's theater company. Um, they did classes and then they also did professional productions. Um, that was super helpful and just like nurturing the whole, like what I loved. And then I started taking like more film um, acting classes after that. Um, and I never thought about going to school for theater. Um, cause I always thought I could learn about it outside of school and like go to school for something else. Um, but I have all, I've been in acting classes consistently since probably I was 17, probably once a week since I was 17. Um, 
And then when I moved here, um, I tried a whole bunch of different places. Um, and then I found an amazing acting teacher and I've been with him for like five and a half, five years now. I took a year off. Um, so yeah, just like always training, always studying. I definitely wish that I kind of maybe went to drama school just because um, it would have given me a whole lot of opportunity to, to just do a whole lot of theater. I think that um, the one thing about being in LA, because there are so many people, you don't get to work all that much um, in the beginning, especially even just on like smaller projects and stuff like that. Um, I live. I spent a year in Chicago, and I think I acted more in that year than I did in like two or three years here, just because there was less people and I was getting more parts and I just got to work. Like I'm in that place right now where it's like, I just need to work a lot and get better and cut my teeth. Um, and yeah. Nice. But what, uh, when you moved out here to LA, did you move out here by yourself or how did you go about moving out here? Yeah. Uh, so I moved out here with my boyfriend. He, we drove out here in February of 2015 we got a tiny, like, 200-square-foot apartment, and uh, we lived in that for a while. Um, he was planning on going to art school out here um, and ended up getting his rejection letter the day we got out here. Whoa. So How was that feeling? That I think um, I'm so happy I dragged him with me because if he would have waited, he probably would have gotten the rejection letter and then not moved out here. Yeah. So I trapped him into moving out here. And then he, so he was kind of depressed about it, but not a, not a huge amount. Um, he was like in LA in a new city and was very excited about it. And then he ended up finding a school right down the street from us that was like way better than where he had applied and um, went there and graduated and has a job and he's very happy. Amazing. Yeah. And how did you two meet? Uh, we met through friends. So I went to school. My best friend, Sydney, went to school with me since middle school. And I went to school with her boyfriend since elementary school. Um, and I set them up on a date together. And then um, a couple years later, after I broke up with a boyfriend I had in Nebraska, who I met at an anime convention, which is like a whole nother story, <laughs> um, they set me up with their friend Julian and now we've been together seven and a half years seven years as a couple yeah and how long you guys been in LA again five well we spent one year in Chicago so we've been out of Denver five years um but so I guess four years technically yeah because we moved to Chicago then moved back to LA so how long after you guys were actually living together from when you guys started dating Mm. I moved in with his parents when I was 17. And that was like six months before we moved to Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how long after dating was that? Oh, um, a year and a half. Okay, that's good enough time. I just feel like sometimes people move in too fast, you know? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I would have had to have been 19. Yeah. No, it was like a year. Well, and we were in, like, we finished high school. I mean, I was in my last semester of high school when we started dating. So, yeah. Made it happen. And you guys took a big step moving out of the, out of home. 
Now so many. We <laughs> moved here, and then we moved to Chicago, and then we moved back to here. Uh, we moved, like, and then moving within cities, I think we've moved every year for the last five years. And then uh, after landing in L.A. and stuff, how did you get into coffee? Because that's what you're currently doing right now with me. Yes. Um, originally, it started because I'd been here probably about a year. And then I, I mean, always went to coffee shops like everyone else did. Um, and I just thought that it would be a perfect schedule for me to be able to audition in the afternoon or have some daytime availability for auditioning and do coffee in the morning. Um, cause I hated, I hated serving. Um, never would do that in a million years. Bartending is great, but I hate staying up really late. <laughs> I mean, not that I've ever bartended, but as like a viable option of something to do, you make a whole lot more money bartending. Um, and, but you get off at like, three o'clock in the morning, which is yeah. not a possibility. For and me. I mean, your schedules do shift a lot. I remember I, I used to work in, in, a, in a restaurant where I would start at 5 p.m. and then get off at 3 a.m., you know, because the bar would close out. Last call would be at 2. I mean, last call is like 30 minutes before 2 because the bar closed at 2. And then by the time you're done cleaning, oh, it's 3 o'clock. Then you go home. You're not really sleepy. Then you're probably falling asleep around 5 or even 6 in the morning sometimes. And then you just sleep throughout your day and then repeat that again. So, like, your your cycles are completely different than working in a coffee shop, which is the opposite of that, you know? Yeah. No, I did not want to do that. So I um, tried to get a job in coffee. I got a job at a small little coffee shop, which was, um, I will not name, but was a negative experience. And then I went to a different coffee shop, um, and I was the only girl there for, like, a year and a half out of everyone on staff at that location, which was fine. I like guys. Um, and that's where I like really kind of got into like doing latte art and dialing in coffee and all of that stuff. So it was great because it was like kind of intellectually stimulating. Um, and there was some amount of like skill or challenge to it. Um, and I liked it and got free coffee and I got to get off at 1 PM um, and I made decent enough money to survive. So yeah. it was a pretty sweet deal. And gave you enough time to go home, start writing, or even practice on your acting, I'm assuming. Yeah. No, it gave me a lot of time. I was able to audition more and um, just had more time in the day to get things done. So how many coffee shops have you worked prior to now this current job? I've worked at four. So I worked at two in Los Angeles, and then I managed a coffee shop in Chicago. And then I worked at another coffee shop because that was only Monday through Friday. So then I worked at a different coffee, coffee shop on the weekends um, in Chicago, like at a restaurant. And what's your uh, go-to drink when you're on bar or when you visit a coffee shop? What's your pick of the menu? It changes all the time. Um, I never can decide and it depends on like the weather. Um, but I think that, um, piccolos or Gibraltars, um, or cortados, however you want to order them or say they are, are the best milk to espresso proportion. Yeah. I really so like when in too. doubt, like if I'm trying a new coffee shop, I'll get like a piccolo or something. Cause I don't like just straight espresso really. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't either. I mean, I definitely like a little milk. And, and as you know, you've made me uh, a good amount of pickles already. I, oh, yeah. I usually only take a sip and I think that's enough for me sometimes. You know? Yeah. I don't know why. I just not a big fan of drinking a lot of liquid, you know? Yeah. Or sometimes I just do it for the gram and do the first sip and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> what about when you're relaxing and stuff? Do you like, do you have any specific drink you like to enjoy? Like apart from work or coffee yeah, wise? Apart, no, co not, not, not coffee wise, but apart from work. Um, not really. I don't really drink all that much. You like don't. I'll drink when I go out with friends, but I don't yeah. really drink on a regular day. Um, but I like so Prosecco. You, you drink to I socialize. Drink. Yeah. I drink to socialize. <laughs> yeah. Um, Prosecco. But if I do have, yeah, I'll probably drink Prosecco at home if I drink anything. Dope. What about yeah. when you're having like a good steak or something? You, you don't, you don't take some wine with that? Like water? Okay. <laughs> Just water, not not wine or anything. No. Yeah, no, not really. Tea, I drink a lot of tea. Um, I'm a tea yeah. and coffee kind of person. Margaritas, I like margaritas, but All like. Right. So you do like some type of cocktail? Drinks. I mean, I like cocktail drinks and stuff like that, but I just don't drink them on a regular basis. Yeah. They're expensive. So when you get off of work and stuff, and you get to go home, what do you usually focus on? As far as like writing right now or writing or practicing, like what's your routine look like? That's a crazy question because I have a really hard time focusing. So that's really something that because I've been singing and I want to work out every day and I want to write every day and work on acting stuff every day. So um, and I'm also lazy. So <laughs> I kind of have been juggling that. So right now my schedule is. Um, cause I'm really trying to focus on singing stuff and writing. Um, see, and here it goes and this and that and that and that. Um, <laughs> so I will go home and eat food and probably watch TV for like 30 minutes or an hour. And then I will work out, um, for a little bit, usually about like 30 minutes to an hour. Um, and then I'll shower and then I'll sing from there. So I'll probably sing and try to play piano for about an hour. Um, and then I'll try to sit down and write or work on like a monologue or something, um, yeah. or like homework on like a play or something, um, for an hour maybe. And then I just eat food and watch TV. Yeah. And singing comes as part of like being an actress or, or how is, uh, how do you go about singing why do you want to sing so i um i don't know what's part of anything anymore i always did sing i always was like super into musical theater mainly in my room like it was a, yeah. a in my room or in the car sort of thing um and i always thought it was something that i could be good at and um my dad's a musician so i always grew up around music all the time. So I, but I never, I always thought it was something I could be good at, but I never thought I was good at it until kind of recently. So, um, and it's always something I desperately wanted to be good at, like yeah. really bad. But I just feel like with, with everything we do in life, we always feel like we're not good enough at right. that thing we're doing, you know? Yeah, and I never, I guess it, when I was younger, I was um, like helping out on this play and this girl, it was a very, vivid memory she was playing like the lead in this play and I was like doing stage managing like helping the director and I was like in middle school 
And she was like, I'm a triple threat. And I was like, what's that? And she's like, it means I can act, sing, and dance. And I was like, oh, my God, I can only maybe do one of those things. But I really want to do those things. And so I, um, ever since then, I just, like, always, like, oh, I can act, but I can't really sing and I can't really dance. Yeah. Um, and so then, but I would do it all the time. So, um, and then I've been taking classes on and off for, like, the past four or five years. Um, and only recently was, like, okay, this is something that I really think that I can be good at. Um, so I started just doing it every day. Yeah. Well, like you said, you know, you, you thought you weren't good enough. But I, from what I've heard on your social media and stuff, thing, little things that you post, the fact that you're playing piano and then you have the vocals introduced in there, it's, it's, it sounds really nice. You know? Cool. And Thank so, you. Like, I don't know if you hear the same thing, but even just recording it, this podcast, I remember the first time I turned on this microphone and I started talking. My voice was the worst. And I still think, like, it's the worst, right? So, like, I don't like my voice. And yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so... That holds me back, or that held me back, and now I just continue doing it, and little by little, my voice sounds like my voice now. <laughs> yeah, you get used to it. Yeah. Well, and you get better at doing it too. Yeah. Like, I think that was the biggest thing for me. The biggest, if over the last five years, I have failed tremendously. Now I'm really motivated to start capitalizing on all that failure. But it was just like, and there's been some successes. But the biggest success is that I haven't quit. But yeah. other than that, I've like failed but a I, lot. But I feel like failure is such a big word for this because, I, I mean, I, I will use them more of as experience, right? Like it's you, experience. you're building experience through life. But I've been really rejected to a point where I, if I was smart, I would probably quit. Mm. But I, I just, I've tried, um, and. But the biggest thing I've learned, which kind of ties back into what we were talking about, is I guess I always, I moved here thinking, and always thinking when I was younger, you're just like naturally talented at things. If you're talented at them, it just means you're born talented at them, and like that's how you're going to succeed or not succeed. And I never really thought I was talented at anything, and then, but I really wanted to do it anyway. So I, I moved here anyway. <laughs> And after getting a small amount of success in Denver, and then I, um, but the biggest thing I learned here, and it sounds so simple, but that anything you practice, you become better and more proficient at, yeah. which on that principle, that means that you can do anything. I mean, I can't really be a ballerina now, like I'm too old for that, but <laughs> In general, like well, like anything, you said, you know, if you start practicing now, you know, I mean, eventually, I don't think you're gonna be the world's best ballerina, but you're gonna be able to. Well, I'll be better at it. Yeah. In five years, I'll be better at it than I am right now. Yeah. But yeah. I won't be dancing in New York City. And I feel like that's the same thing I see in uh, in coffee as well. You know, with latte art, the more you practice that one pour you're focusing on, the better you're getting at it every time. So actually, this is something that coffee has helped me out with a lot, and singing too. Because acting is so, there's no, like, measurable judge of when you're better and when you're not better. Like, it, because it's, it's not really a, a physical skill. Yeah. Like, you, it's hard to track progress. But latte art and singing, like, the same issues I have in acting manifest themselves in latte art and singing. Because they're both performing. 
Yes. And I have the same the same problems in both things. Yeah. Like the same hesitation in both both things. My latte are I used to like be so hesitant to start pouring. <laughs> and so it really has given me a very physical way to get over the same issues and problems that I'm having in all the different creative things that I do. Yeah. Oh, you're right about the whole, you know, comparing comparison of uh, coffee and and being on stage, you know, because I don't know if you're familiar with the whole latte art competitions and stuff. Well, latte art competitions, I feel like it's a way of performing for the rest of the baristas or the people that are around the coffee shop witnessing what you're pouring or who you're competing against. And I kid you not, the very first time I attended one of these competitions, I went up because it was my turn. And uh, the person I was competing against was really comfortable. Like he had done couple already. He knew a lot of the people. I was a novice, you know, I was like just dipping my toes in there and trying to see like, you know, what the heck? I know how to pour a heart. I know how to do a, a, a rosette or something. I can do this, you know. But I went up there and it was my turn to steam milk. I got so nervous. I kid you not, like my hands were shaking <laughs> and I couldn't steam my milk the right way, you know. And then when he came to grabbing my espresso cup to pour something in there, my hands were just uncontrollably shaky, you know. So it was a mess. It was just like the worst experience ever, you know, like. Yeah, but you had to do it. <laughs> like you had to get through that time. Yeah, and so believe it or not, like the more I did it after a while, you know, there was a guy who said, the more you do this, you know, it's just like you're just socializing with friends, he said, you know, so don't see it as a competition. Just like these are your friends. And the more I attended, like you said, you know, the repetition just made me feel a little more comfortable in their presence. So now it's like, okay, now I can breed. Now I can focus on what I'm supposed to do. But it, it was challenging, dude. So I don't know, like even for acting, like you said, there's no chart to measure that, but I'm pretty sure every audition you do, like you're pretty nervous. Oh yeah. Oh, I was really bad for a while. <laughs> I never had any stage fright at all. Like until I moved here. And I think it was just like the intimidation. I had built it up so much in my head that there's like all of these great people and you have to be really good and you can't like mess up. And I like put on all of this pressure to where I like couldn't speak. Like I would be in acting class and like I would forget everything and couldn't say anything to a point where that continued for years. <laughs> and I, I'm, I think I've kind of gotten over that now, but it definitely is, um, it was a huge problem. And I think that the cool thing about, I mean, latte, pouring latte art is performance. I mean, even though you're not, even if you're not doing it for other people and you're just doing it by yourself, yeah. you're still doing something quickly with on a like in a timeline, like you're going to run out of space and your body is the thing that's controlling it. Like, yeah. because you're doing it like in the immediacy and you can't like, um, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say, <laughs> but even if you're doing it by yourself and you're not in front of people, it is performance. Yes. Um, which lends it to be exactly the same. Yeah, like one of the things that one of the things that our boss says, you know, is like when he's training us, he says to breathe, right? And that's just oh yeah, boring, I don't do that. Which is crazy because yeah, you think about it, you're like, why would I need to breathe? when I'm just pouring coffee, right? But what's crazy is 
I feel like when I started doing that, it re- helped me relax a little more. And it's hard for, because a lot of people don't think that that helps, you know, but it sort of like helps you into uh, leading to your final performance, which would be the, the design, the cup, you know? So walk us through maybe how you prepare for an audition. Um, I mean, it depends on the audition. I, um, and I'm still working it out. Like I, by am no means I'm an expert at acting or anything like, <laughs> but I, um, so it depends. So you get the sides or whatever it is that you're working on. And then I, of course, read it a few times. And then I um, just, if I have, I mean, I take all the time I have and just think about the conditions and circumstances of what's happening in, to me in the story, uh, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so I spend a lot of time imagining things and thinking about things. Um, and then with that, I kind of get more comfortable with, the words just kind of start to come better. Um, and then I, most auditions aren't in person. Well, there's no in person auditions right now, but, um, and then just go in and try to focus on what's happening. Yeah. So since there's no, since there's no in person auditions right now, so how, how do they, how are they doing it right now? So they're doing it all self tape. So you, um, and, Self-tapes have become more and more popular over the past few years because it saves money for the casting office. Mainly, I think, is the main purpose. But so you just will set up all your recording equipment or whatever, like usually on your phone, um, and you just record it at home, and then you tape it and send it off to them, which is nice because you can do it as much as you want, which can also be a double-edged sword because you can kill yourself over thinking about it too much. Um, and you can, um, do it when you want, like you're not scheduled to be anywhere you don't have to find parking and you don't have to run across like a studio lot or something to get to a casting office on time. And as far as the people that are casting actors, you know, like how they categorize or how they go about picking the actors they want to work with. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I'm not a casting director, so all I know is from, like, things I've heard casting directors say, but, I mean, unless if you know the casting director, because a lot of people, a lot of casting directors have people that they know or, like, have come in for them before and that they trust or that they really like, they know they really like their work and want to get them cast in something. Um, Other than that, you submit, your agent submits you through um, usually breakdown services um, where you have like your profile and a picture and then they'll submit you for specific projects that you fit for. And then casting directors will go through that and pick a handful of those people to bring in for an audition. And then from there they whittle it down based on, um, who's right for the role and whose tape is, or audition is good and all that stuff. Um, and yeah. And so having an agent, uh, helps you promote yourself, but where do you where does that agent put you in like a specific category of like you want to be in movies, or does he cover everything as far as like even commercials and stuff like that? So it depends on the agency. Um, usually, you'll have um, you'll have like a commercial agent, a theatrical agent, 
um, voiceover agent. Sometimes they'll rep you across the board. So you'll be repped for all of those categories at one agency, or you can go to different agencies for all of those different things. Um, And, but usually you have, even if you're repped by the same agency for all of those categories, it'll usually be different people. Um, unless it's a smaller agency, it really depends on, um, their preferences, but they, and then they'll submit you for roles in those categories. So theatrical covers, film, TV, um, et cetera. Um, and then commercial covers, usually commercials, um, voiceover covers, voiceover. There's like print or modeling that will be covered by a different department. So what about you? What are you, what are you currently covered for? Um, I'm currently not covered anywhere. <laughs> so you're, yeah. you're not working with an agent? Not at the moment, no. So I um, just moved back from Chicago. Um, I had rep out there, um, but now I'm back here looking for new representation. Yeah. I, was out of, I was out of town for a while. Nice. How do you go about picking the right representation? Um, there's a whole lot of ways to do it. Um, it comes to... You pick them, um, and they pick you. It's, it goes both yeah. ways. So um, usually I ask referrals of friends that are at agencies, um, and then I will, like, submit my materials, and if they want to set up a meeting, then we'll set up a meeting. Um, and for me, the most important thing is communication. Yes. Um, like, I need to feel comfortable and open that I can communicate with them, not annoy them or like email them constantly and have them hold my hand. But I want to make sure that it is like a receptive open channel yes. for and clear communication, you know, because yeah, they're... but they're busy too. So <laughs> it's always a balance, but I just have to vibe with them and make sure yeah. that, um, it feels like a good match. So you say you pick them and then they pick you and obviously they pick you because they I'm assuming they work off a commission or how do they make their money? So they work off of commission. Yeah. So they, I mean, obviously they go based on whether you have potential and like, we're going to make good money with this person. Yeah. So it'll be whatever they, whatever feeling they get of whether they feel like you have a really good look, like commercially, it's usually a look thing. Um, whether you have, um, the right, like you're not crazy, I feel like is a big part of it. <laughs> but if you are crazy, and you'll also make for that a big, you work a really good role, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also that you work too. I think that agents that I've talked to, it's like not just expecting them to do all of the work for you. Yeah. Because again, they only make ten percent commission. You make ninety percent. So what uh, are you doing for the other ninety percent? Yeah. What I'm assuming, like if you put all the work and stuff, like you'd be spending most of your time recording, taping yourself, you know, putting your product out there. And then obviously they're putting your product in the right places. Right. Yeah. And they're submitting mainly besides like, I'm not a hundred percent. I mean, all agents do different things and some have a, like are more expansive and what they do than others. Um, but Basically, they handle contracts and payment and stuff like that. And then they handle um, doing, uh, like, submitting you for the roles. So you can't get access to the roles a lot of the times um, if you're just an actor. So the agent will be able to ideally submit you for things and sometimes pitch you and help you get in rooms. Um, But, again, it depends on the specific agent. 
And as of right now, I mean, how do people find you? Say they want to work with you or have you do a voiceover or a recording or something. If they want to work with you, how, how, how will they get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, so I have a very simple website, but it has my resume and my demo reel and all of that stuff on there. Um, it's just my name, Leslie, L-E-S-L-E-E, Chrisman, C-R-I-S-M-A-N at gmail.com. Um, or my Instagram too, which is, um, I think you can find me just by looking up Leslie Chrisman. Um, but my tag is my hood Hollywood. Yeah, that's a nice tag. How did you come up with that? Thanks. Um, I was young and I was living in Hollywood and I had never <laughs> had an Instagram before. Um, and it wasn't taken. Yeah. Were you very active on Instagram? Not really. I mean, I go through phases, but I kind of hate social media, that's which so is a bad thing. Like I do it to, to like communicate with friends and family. Yeah. Um, but if not, I just get sucked into a deep, dark hole of no non-productivity and anxiety. <laughs> so, But, I mean, would you call it non-productivity if what you're doing is, say, recording yourself, singing, or acting something and posting it up there? I mean, wouldn't that be sort of like creating your portfolio as well? Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to work on more now um, is creating good, like, almost like a blog because I guess people don't blog anymore. But I want to create, like, a good database of, like, songs and things. Just because I love to sing and do that. Um, and I want to share it with the people yeah. I know and anyone else that might be interested. Um, so, yeah. But I'm trying to focus it more on that. Like, just putting social media in the proper bucket. Like, I don't really use it a whole lot personally. But using it for business makes sense. Yeah. You're actually just celebrated a big event in your timeline, too. Yes. And that was your birthday. It was my birthday. Yeah. So how do you feel about getting older, dude? <laughs> dude. Um, I, well, I turned 25, and I go both ways. So my expectations for before 25, like I believe many 25-year-olds, uh, were very high. Um, I did not meet that, but a whole lot of wonderful things happened um, instead. And I feel pretty good about getting older, to be frank. Like, yeah. I really think I'm going to hit my stride in my 40s. <laughs> and I've always been kind of felt kind of old for my age anyway. So the older I get, the more I, I mean, feel grown into myself. You surround yourself with, uh, with people who are more mature and have more wisdom. So I think part of that, it's what influenced your, your thoughts or how you see the world. Yeah. yeah, I'm probably like 60 years old on the inside. <laughs> well, what, what would you tell little old Leslie back in Denver? Um, now that you're 25. 19-year-old Leslie back in Denver. What would you really tell little question. Leslie to do different? Or Don't listen to anybody. Like, yeah. everyone wants to tell you what to do and how to do it. Um, and I think the most valuable thing I learned besides not giving up and not quitting, um, over the last five years is to listen to myself. Yes. Um, and maybe I do it a little bit too much sometimes. Um, and I should listen to other people more, but most of the time people don't know what they're talking about anyway. So f listen to the few people you can trust, but don't trust everybody. Yeah. 
I feel I feel like quitting is the easiest way to end things, you know, and, and without without like without um, seeing the the product of what you you started creating, you know. If you're a little impatient and start quitting on things you you want to pursue, you would never like see the end of it or like see the the growth of what you really wanted to do. Right, and I think too where I'm at right now is that I just want to be good at this thing and I want to do it well and spend as much of my time doing it as possible. Many things actually, um, acting mainly, but writing and singing as well. Um, and I've kind of let go of worrying about success really. And I mean, I worry about it, of course, but <laughs> I, does. I've detached myself a little bit, at least enough to, um, it's so corny to say it's all about the journey, but the pursuit of the actual thing I have to remind myself is what I enjoy the most. Cause once I have it, whatever that thing is, then, um, it's not as exciting. Yeah. yeah no, I, I completely understand. And I've, I've gone through a couple of those stages where like, you're right. Like, that journey is what it's exciting, you know, and, and you want to keep doing that, you know, and sometimes if it's a small project and you finish that project and you're like, eh, like I'm not really interested anymore. In this yeah. Stuff, you know, so I, I get that feeling. It probably leads me not to finish very many things. Yeah. Cause I, I like to, um, I think some people, their job is to make a lot of on this planet is to make lots of brilliant work for people. And they just are really productive and make lots of things. And we get to reap the benefits of it. Um, but I think mine is to just kind of forever work on these things and make a few good things. Um, but the pursuit of it is the um, painful, yeah. torturous, exciting <laughs> part of it. Well, what, how would you parents describe what you're doing right now? I don't think they wouldn't. No. I mean, I talk to them about it all the time and they're very supportive of me. They weren't in the beginning, um, understandably. Um, but I am so, I'm doing so many things. So many things. Which, yeah. Oh yeah. My next question I was going to ask is, uh, you're an actress, you're a musician, you're a writer, you know, like I'm just curious to see whether you have like any other hidden talents, you know, that you're not telling us about. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, eating, yeah. baking peanut butter cookies. I can make good mm. peanut butter cookies. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I love sweets. So yeah. I'll make some peanut Definitely. butter cookies. Um, yeah, I don't really have any other I mean, talents. A, I don't even know if agenda, I have dude. those talents. Like, those are just the things I do. Well, I don't see, even know if I'm good at You saying that. that right now, it's like you're holding yourself back. You know, like, I think yeah. part of that is like, no, this is what I'm doing. You know, and like, I guess... Stop saying that. <laughs> I know. I need to stop saying that. Um, but whether I believe I'm good at it or not, even though believing I'm good at it would probably make myself a happier person. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do it anyway. So. Yeah. No one should be able to tell you otherwise. You know, you just got to be confident and pursue it. And eventually something's going to blossom from everything you're doing, you know? Yeah. Hopefully, I'd like to pay my bills. What, what what I like about working in the hospitality industry too, though, is is that you never really know who you're gonna encounter, right? So, you have we we work in an area where you have all these people that are 
very either famous or they're influential people that have made good enough money because to live in the area we're working at right now, it's it's quite expensive, you know. And for them to be able to afford it, they have gone through the experience or challenges where they can actually afford to live around here. And I feel like some of those people sometimes uh, can judge us by how we treat them or, or I don't know, when they get to know us. You never know whether you're talking to a director or something. You know? And if you cause an impression on him, who knows? Like maybe that's where your next gig is going to come from. Like you really never know who you're talking to. So, you know, you never know if that's who you're going to end up working with or not. You know, so I just feel like making a good impression with everyone helps sometimes. Yeah, and I think it's something I haven't really done so much here as much as I've done at other places. I think the reason coffee is so great, and I have so many friends in coffee, even not in Denver, just uh, or not in Los Angeles, a lot of friends in Denver um, who are in coffee and family too. And the coolest thing is that you get to have conversations with people and you get to build connections and meet creative, interesting people all the time. And you can make good friendships. I don't think it really happens a whole lot in a lot of other service industries, but coffee kind of blends itself to be like more of a creative atmosphere that you could meet a lot of great people and talk to them about your work and their work. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've met a lot of great people through coffee that way. Nice. Well, I know it's pretty challenging right now to pursue a career like yours, but if there was someone who's asking for advice on how to pursue this career, what kind of advice can you give? Um, that's, I think I have to defer to Britt Marling. I think a while ago I was watching an interview with her and someone asked her the same question and she said, um, not to take advice from anyone or something like that. Um, hopefully I'm not paraphrasing her, but like what I said earlier, like, listen to yourself. Um, there's so, especially in acting, everyone likes to tell you what to do. Everyone. And they all have their own opinions and you'll be like a really good actor and you'll listen to every agent and every casting director and every manager and every person in the industry will be giving you advice. And so find the people you can trust and listen to them because you do need advice, but just be very weary and don't listen to everything that everyone says. Thanks. That's amazing, Leslie. Dude, I mean... Just having this conversation with you has really connected me with you a little more, you know? Working bar with you, sometimes it's just like we're making drinks and we're communicating, having small talks, but we never really have this deep of a conversation, you know? So it's yeah. just like, hi, Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. I need a latte. I need a shot. I need some that, you know? So it's, I mean, I, this is sort of what fascinates me about starting this whole podcast and and yeah. being able to connect with the people I I socialize with or I, I surround myself with, you know, and seeing everything you're working for and not just coffee. It's amazing. You know, so it's, I, I quite admire that. And I can't wait to see you in a, in a commercial or something, you know, Petco. I've seen a lot of people working on Petco commercials. Petco commercials. <laughs> yeah. Petco, I would love a Petco commercial. Uh, what are PetSmart, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, maybe maybe that's your niche, you know? Pet commercials. Smart. <laughs> oh, commercials. Yeah. I thought you meant specifically PetSmart commercials. No, no, no. I mean, I'd love to do or, or start jingles and stuff. But I, I, I think I think people would love to see what you're what you're coming up with. And I, I will say, start putting more 
product on Instagram and stuff on social media, you know? I'm working on it. You have to join the TikTok world, too. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> Instagram, yeah. TikTok is a is a scary. I know. There's a lot of people that dance on TikTok. Yeah. They have so many dance moves. And I think that's, that's good. like where people get their popularity is on if you have those dance moves, you know, everything that's trending. Do you have those dance moves? Dance moves? Yeah. No. No? I mean, I, I can dance, kind of, like enough. Yeah. But I don't know if I can do... I mean, if I practiced anything you practice, <laughs> you can become better and more proficient Why don't you give us a little, little teaser of some of the product you're working on? My dancing? No. You want to like listen your, your to my music, dancing? Your music. Oh, God. That's scary. What was the last song you were working on? The last song is a song from this musical called everything i sing is musical songs um and some jazz songs but this song from bandstand the musical it lasted not very long on broadway <laughs> but so what's the name of the song you were working um it's called love will come and find me again all right can you give us a little taste of that yeah let's hear it um uh, you can edit this out, right? Yes, I can. Because yeah. <laughs> the stuff I make, I have complete <laughs> control over. So, yeah. um, I don't know why it's such a hard time doing this. Well, I right, don't like if I'm singing. I just have a hard time when people ask me to. Yeah. Well, right, right before we got off bar two, you were singing Hamilton, right? Oh yeah. So why aren't you giving me? I'm not going to sing Hamilton. Um, <laughs> okay, I guess I'll sing the beginning of the song. Like, right. just like how long? Just a little? Just go Ten for seconds? as long as you want. Uh, and we can shorten the music. I think I can only do the beginning part of the song. Um, hang on, I have to get the right Too key. much pressure, huh? It is, it's too much pressure. <laughs> Once upon a time, I would wake beside a man Who would make me feel like nothing could take him from me once i thought forever was real i thought my life was ideal i thought that nothing could steal it you see once i learned how wrong i had been that sometimes dreams can cave in and what then wow that was really okay. good that was okay. really good. Dude. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. You see, you're, you're so, I don't know, you're a little skeptical about doing it. I know. I want to not be skeptical about <laughs> it. I want to just like, oh, be loud and. Yeah. Well, how are you, how are you in public, dude? I mean, because all this really requires for you to be very confident, very. I, well, I always, I am like when I'm comfortable with people, I'm really confident, but I think yeah. it is easy. It's easy for anybody to say that. But um, I don't know. I go back and forth. I was like always really confident as a kid, I feel like, and very loud. In high school, I was very quiet and shy. Um, at my, like, with friends and stuff, I'm very loud. Um, in other instances, people think I'm very timid and meek. <laughs> so it's like this battle I'm trying to overcome yeah. because I'm really, in inner me is not quiet and meek, really. Nice. Yeah. 
And what's the plan for the next five years when you finally reach 30? Well, I wrote myself a letter the other day to my 30-year-old self, wow. and I sealed it. Nice. Of all of my hopes and dreams for the next five years. Um, I really, I want to go to finish school, so I don't know if, I kind of was thinking about maybe wanting to go for music. Um, I haven't decided. That would be kind of out of left field for me, because I yeah. never thought about going to school for that. Um, but it's something that I want to get better at. Um, yeah. And... I want to travel and get married, maybe. Ooh, that's for Julian out there. <laughs> and I want to um, write a bunch of things. I'm really into playwriting right now. I really think that's what I love as far as writing goes. So I'd love to write and produce some plays, I think. Um, and being on a TV show would be kind of cool. So. What about a stand-up comedy? You've never... Thought about pursuing that? I did. Did I tell you? No, no. Um, no, I, well, I did one stand up class and then I've written a few jokes, but that's pretty much it. Bro, we have the mic know. here. The next I time, don't, the next time we're going to have to. I made a latte joke. Stage. Do you want to hear my latte I wanna joke? I want to hear a latte joke. It's not good. <laughs> I want to hear it. It's so bad. Okay. Um, how did it start? Oh. So I went to order coffee the other day and there's just too many milk options. When you order coffee, there's so many milk options. And I only thought that there were two types of cows, brown cows that made chocolate milk and white cows that made white milk. But apparently there's almond cows and coconut cows and oat cows. Yeah, that's a joke. <laughs> All sorts of cows. All sorts of cows. Not oh, just chocolate man. cows and brown white cows. That's awesome. And that's how we're going to end this podcast with that <laughs> joke. Yay. Yay. Thank you <laughs> no, I really for letting me talk it. about yeah. myself. No, no, no. That's the podcast beauty. You know, like great. I said, I love to talk about Part myself. of it is uh, also even for if this gets big enough to where like even our customers get to listen to that stuff, then instead of them waiting in line and only interacting with you while you're making their drinks, this gives them the opportunity to get to know you a little bit more, you know? And so, like, yeah. maybe the conversations will be better when they come up and order coffee once they hear this or if they ever do hear this, you know? So, yeah, just like you, I also have plans, and hopefully we get there someday. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what are, hang on. What are your plans for the next five years? Oh, that's harsh, bro. Like, I want to be able to invest money, you know, and... And be able to grow this podcast. This podcast is more of like a hobby. So not really something I, I'm looking forward to making money with. Which you can. But I feel like I want to. I'm working on, on saving money right now. To be able to invest it in either property. Real estate. And and grow from there. Yeah. That sounds smart. smart. None of my plans are financially <laughs> stable. Somehow I think it's going to work out. Yeah. Um, if not I'll be doing coffee. Well, financially stable, it's it's hard, too, because if you always believe that you're never going to have enough money to accomplish what you're doing, then you're also holding yourself back and you're never going to really take that step. You know? Yeah. The thing the thing the one thing that this financial crisis has taught me, I've been very lucky in this financial crisis thus far. But um, and now that I've kind of witnessed two financial crises is that you can work really hard to do something 
really secure to financially secure yourself and have the rug pulled out from under you. Yeah. So I might as well just be broke and do the things that I love doing. And um, instead of like working really hard and then ending up in the same financial situation anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's hard. You know, so uh, you have to enjoy your money, but also work for it and then manage it, you know, because you do have to eat and have a roof over your head or. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Being broke sucks. But. Being broke sucks. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, the whole plan is to be able to manage more of like where our money is going, you know, and yeah. like we're not expecting to save a lot of money, but we're also since we will be first time buyers, like I know there's like a little help with that and the down payment doesn't have to be too big. So we're looking forward to that. That sounds wonderful. Appreciate it, Leslie. Your time means a lot to me and I appreciate you sharing everything you did. And I can't wait to we work on bar next time. Yeah. Until next time. Till next time. Peace. Peace.